this is how great players play great souls every time. They start with a great idea. I want to play a great solo, but I want to make sure that I play a great solo every single time. How, how, how do I do that? Well, we're going to get into that. Okay, so a little backstory here. The last six days, um, I played with Christian McBride and Inside Straight um, two sets a night at two different jazz clubs, Indianapolis and Chicago. You know, when we're on a, if, you, if it's a recording, especially a live recording, or you go to a gig, I think there's a lot you can learn about great players and like how they play and how they do their thing and how they're different and how they're alike. Totally. But there's nothing like playing with great players to really get an insight. Absolutely. But it's kind of funny because it's like you're having to do your own job too. So it's like you're listening in more of a like intent way because you're being paid to listen and play with folks. Like you're at a gig, you're paid to enjoy it. But then I also find myself enjoying it as well. And so it's like a weird thing. It's like a lot of like – it's not really stress, but it's a lot of like I feel that I need to really be very – um, you know – really intentional about where my mind is at all different times. And then I also like to try to find some commonality between really great players and the way they do things. I always feel like for teaching and for sharing with the pod, um, that can be really helpful. If I tell you like, well, Christian McBride played this incredible solo over theme for Kareem. You know, he started on a D flat seven, just killed. And it's like just about him. It's very easy to be like, well, that works for him, but he's kind of like his own dude, you know, like he's at such a level most people couldn't imagine, including myself, being able to kind of process this things this way. But when you find something that a number of players that are really good do, then that's something that we can all grasp onto. A great solo that's edifying to the listener is not is by its very nature not boring because it's like a, a, a an interesting story that somebody tells. Uh, a, a great book, a great novel, a play, you know, any kind of artistic work from something as small as a one minute solo mm. up to a four hour movie or whatever. It doesn't mean it's not slow or to some people that are not engaged enough. It might be like, oh, I'm bored with that. It, it, it That doesn't mean what's there isn't boring. Hey, Peter, I'm bored. I'm bored, man. Yeah. But I mean, you want to be engaging from a listening standpoint with things that are not boring. So it's really easy to do. Just listen to great solos that you like and you want to always be thinking about the many things, the myriad of techniques that that soloist uses to keep from falling into like that boring kind of doldrums. One thing about um, that general, you know, concept of like how do you kind of go next level on something? How do you hit... I mean, we're always trying to put together a cohesive and interesting story in our solos. I think that's that remains the goal. It's not like, OK, well, we're, we're just going to phone it in and every once in a while inspiration is going to hit us. I mean, no, we're always going for that. But it's like I imagine if you're acting in an epic movie or something, you have to, you know, you have to move in a certain way and talk in a certain way. The way I approach it is like you have to be open to being able to really be present and you know, able to in the moment kind of rise to the occasion of these kind of bigger tunes. I don't know if you've, I'm sure you've been in this position before. It's very exciting to like be accompanying somebody and the crowd goes wild at the end of their solo, but then it kind of dies down and then everyone's looking at you and it's like, all right, what you going to do? You know? And it's like, you're either going to go hide under a rock or you can't really recruit. You can't try to recreate what just happened because there's no way you're going to be able to. Yeah. You're going to die. Yeah. (laughs) 
You're going to die if you try to be like, okay, I'll just do what Warren did. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> it's right, exactly. When I was younger, I would be like, oh, it's how do you learn how to play after somebody that's so great that you don't even have the confidence that you can get to their level? So it's going to be a letdown to the audience. So I try to turn that around would, and, and say, um, like, how can how can you use the inspiration? What not it great that you have this fantastic solo? That's like giving me a head start, actually. And, and I, I love that you mentioned... Uh, presence and that it's a it's a matter of presence because i really think that that is the key i i have the same we all every musician who improvises and, and does it regularly goes through the same thing of like well why are some solos feel like epic and effortless and others it's like yes everything at a certain level everything is is great you know it's, yeah. it's all good but like there are always some that are more special than others you need to be with whatever is in the moment and sometimes it's not as epic the moment as it is at other times like sometimes you can't like force some kind of incredible transcendent experience on every single tune on every single solo because then none of them are transcendent or or epic it's all it just becomes this like everything has its place in a set and in an evening and on an album or even in a tune yeah. with the flow and so naturally, I think in the set, like you're going to be sort of keyed in on different things. The band is going to come together in, you know, in sync in different ways. And it can, just naturally can't happen at every, like in the same way at every single moment. Like, and that is actually synchronicity. That is actually being present when you accept the fact that some things are just, they just have a slower tempo or a, a, a less intense vibe. And you just go with that because that's what's there in the moment in your, in your playing with the band. And that creates for great evenings that, that creates for great solos uh, that are honest. And then that creates for like epic, like, you know, really elevated solos that can happen in the same space because there's space for them. I know a lot of folks feel like, you know, we hear this all the time. This used to happen to me all the time. I don't think any improvising musician has not gone through this stage for longer than they would have wanted when you will hear back what you're playing mm -hmm. and, and and you're like, wow, that's so boring. Or you'll look out at the audience as you're soloing and they are going to sleep or bored or playing on their phone or yeah. any other way that you might find out or have an inkling that what you're playing may not be quite as exciting as it should be. Do you ever... Do you ever catch yourself in the middle of a solo being like, I'm so bored with myself right now? <laughs> well, not really, but I, I think that's probably, you know, if you are feeling bored, that's you, <laughs> you know, like it's possible that you can be excited and engaged and your soul still sounds boring. But if you're if you're bored, it's very easy to fake the flunk at that point. So you've got to find a way. We have to find a way always to be engaged. And it's and it's not about like bells and whistles and ah and, and like just crazy random stuff flying around in your soul. That's not the way to get out of the boredom thing. But I think a, a certain level of concentration for sure and commitment to yourself not being bored is the starting point.